my, Heidi Mike, Tano Hortaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Is the downturn over? We take a look at the house price October snapshot. What does it say? You may well be interested in that. And also today, are ordinary working class people being squeezed out of politics? Our guest this afternoon says, yes, they are. And the tradition of fireworks may be losing its appeal amongst the general public if a recent survey is anything to go by. And back to Harris today, and this time to Auckland, not Wellington, Auckland's oldest building. Get this, it's 168 years old. It could be demolished. Do we care? And dogs are to be allowed off-leash before 10am after 7pm. It's been an issue in Oriental Bay, Wellington. IT worker David says a big no to that. They pee on my blankets. They pee on the beach. Your thoughts about dogs on beaches. And looking today for a song with really great harmonies. I want a song with good harmonies. So um, feel free to recommend me one. Text me to one. Zero one, or you can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this afternoon on the panel, Jenny Giblin, Director of Funding HQ and a farmer in Hawke's Bay. Jenny, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. Lovely to be here. Oh, it's great to have you on. Coming loud and clear from Hawke's Bay there, and David Cunliffe, former Labour leader, of course, now partner at Polis Consulting Group with a focus on economics. David, kia ora. Nice to have you here. Kia Great to be back. Now, I bet this takes you back. Oh, I'm freezing cold, said Rose. I'm shivering too, said Tim. Just then, a voice behind them said, Hello, children. Can I help you? Tim turned round and saw an old woman dressed in black. Don't be frightened, she said. I can make you nice and warm in a few seconds. Just get inside this nice sack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, does it take me back? Goodness gracious, Well, for anyone left guessing, that was a snippet of Badgerly the Witch, Aotearoa, New Zealand's most beloved uh, children's tale. That can't be controversial. Anyway, Spike Milligan's magical romping bedside story. It became the soundtrack of the 70s for many of us, and it's just as popular 50 years later. So what is it about shouting... Listen to that. Da, 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 da. Well, with I, us. I'm just impressed you can remember the 70s, Wallace. <laughs> just. I'm, cl- I'm clinging on, David. But <laughs> when it comes to this, it's extraordinary worth us to explain is Jimmy Gracewood. Uh, Jimmy is the editor of. Editor in chief of Letterboxd and accidental bad jellyologist. Kia ora, Gemma. Kia ora, Wallace. Well, Kia ora, everyone. It's, 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 just, it's just a snippet. And your mind goes right back to growing up. Me, it's Sunday morning. It might be what? Who? Who was it? Who would it have been? Dick Weir, ZB, Gemma. Yeah, Dick Weir, ZB. I think we all listened to around about that time. And um, my son, my seven-year-old, now listens to uh, <laughs> Finn on the BFM oh. Kids show, still playing Bad Jelly to this day. What? They still play it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They played it six times already this year. <laughs> I would like to know what is it? What, what's what's in the zeitgeist about this particular children's play, especially that has created the magic dust for many of us listening, Gemma. 
Oh, well, it's. do you mean uh, many of us New Zealanders? Because that's where my story started. Yes. Uh, the lovely, yeah, the lovely folks at the Sapling, which is just the very best website yeah. for children's literature in New Zealand. Um, I'm in a, you know, I'm in one of those many, many group chats with some amazing writer mothers. And one of them was like, hey, Gemma, bad jelly, what did it mean to you? And I was like, well, everything, absolutely everything. It, it, it kind of set my, well, not just bad jelly, but Spike Milligan and the goons set my family's yeah. sense of humour on a path that it is still on. And they and they said, oh, well, could you write 600 words about why bad jelly is so huh. popular in Aotearoa and nowhere else? And I went, sure. And um, I tend to get quite uh, single-mindedly focused on certain things. And so a year later, <laughs> I brought them 6,000 words and, a, and more or less a complete history of of Bad Jelly and how it happened here. Um, and I ended up talking to Jane Milligan, whose uh, illustration is at the front of the book, and Ed Welch, who wrote the beautiful theme music for the radio recording. And it's the radio recording that Ed and Spike did with an orchestra a year after he published the book that is really the reason that Bad Jelly is so ingrained in oh. our culture. It's it's the radio recording and our amazing Sunday morning children's radio I show. See We're this. on ZB. Yeah, and then Ears on RNZ National and now the kids show on BFM and, you know, the fact that for the longest time all we had was a couple of radio stations and one TV station. Well, that's a very good point, Jim, because it's actually, Jenny, uh, G- uh, let's bring you in, and David, it's the audio of Bad Jelly that hooked us. Jenny Giblin. Yeah, it totally was. And I'm just sort of thinking back to those days when um, I was a lot younger and listening to the radio and the influence of of um, shows like Bad Jelly, The Witch. In fact, that was the first uh, play I went to. It was um, on in the way of Pukarau Little Theatre, and I remember going and just loving it. And I guess that kind of... I don't know if it's crude sense of humour, but that's sort of the fluffy bum cat and the bare bottoms and things like that. And when you're really young, it's funny. And it's kind of even still funny now as an adult. It sure is. David Cunliffe? Oh, same, same, really. Um, yeah, those Sunday morning kids uh, radio shows are fantastic. And, and look, I agree with Jenny. I think there's something irreverent that makes it okay for uh, little kids to say words like bare bottom or fluffy bum oh, yeah. or, you know. What could be better? There's something There's something even better than that, actually, is that when uh, they reissued the story on CD in the 90s, the CD, I don't know if you know this, but um, the CD has a picture of the rear end of Fluffy Bum the Cat so that when you put your finger in the hole... <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Goodness. Goodness gracious me, Gemma Grace Foy. That was um, a family show. <laughs> hey, I didn't moment. do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> um, Jude says, Wallace, did you know the New Zealand Animation Studio Muck Party in New Zealand is working on the fabulous animation of Bad Jelly? You, yes. But, 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 Jimmy, you raised something that really interested me, and this I did not know. Um, it is a New Zealand phenomenon, much in the same way, apparently, that Ten Guitars by Engelbert Humperdinck uh, is... Mm-hmm uniquely famous in New Zealand and less so around the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a habit of adopting some very uh, curiously specific pieces of culture and I love that for us, quite frankly. <laughs> like Spike is, you know, a phenomenon in the UK, but English children 
don't know bad jelly. They have no idea who Mudwiggle is. They've never heard of Dingle Mouse. And they've certainly never heard of a policeman who was turned into an apple tree. You know, it's like, it's such a a, a visceral story that it seems quite bonkers. But there's another part of the story, which is that those of us, you know, the Generation Xs who grew up listening to the radio stories started having babies in the 90s. And so, of course, what happened was we didn't have Spotify then, you know, you didn't have the CDs then, so you couldn't easily get a hold of the recording. And children's radio on Sunday mornings had started to die off because of deregulation and all the things, and I don't know, just um, uh, some kind of, you know, lower importance for entertaining children in the media. I mean, that's a topic for another day. But what Mm. started happening was that um, the Gen X parents of young children were like well surely I can get the book because I can remember how to do the voices because Spike gave us permission to make silly voices oh yes I can (laughs) and so they started rolling into bookshops and going do you have Bad Jelly the Witch and it was out of print so a wonderful um, and sadly now past bookshop owner in Wellington, uh, John McDonald. No, is that his name? Sorry, I should check. I should know this. I'm the bad jellyologist. But he wrote to Penguin and said, can we get this book back in print? Penguin England. And they wrote a book, a story back, a letter back saying, no, because frankly, it's not that interesting. And the book has too much personality. And no, what? it wouldn't fly. <laughs> I know. So he wrote, he wrote to Penguin New Zealand and said, can we get the book back in print? And they went, well, we could if we had a copy. And he went, I've got one. And so they made the first New Zealand reissue in the 90s Mm. from a first edition copy that he had. Mm. So, I mean, and so that's the sort of second wave of the the bad jelly in New Zealand fame kicking off. It's just just a story. I never knew English children did not grow up with bad jelly, but we did. Uh, And you can hear, you can read more about that actually on spin-off. Gemma Grace with them wrote about it there. And uh, you can uh, go from there. Hey, kia ora, Gemma. Nice to have you on the program. Oh, stinky poo, stinky poo, knickers, knickers, knickers to you too. <laughs> oh, da, 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 da. Bad Jelly the Witch. Yeah, I played the I played the CD out of the car stereo for Halloween yesterday, the best treat for trick. There you go. That's it. <laughs> All those memories coming back to me now. Wonderful stuff. All right. Time for I've Been Thinking. Actually, David Cunliffe, um, you're fairly new to the panel. Why don't you kick off this afternoon? Oh, well, I've been thinking about the rebirth of regions. Um, We have a change of government, and the new government um, is promising New Zealand's provinces, regions, and cities uh, deals. Um, The idea is that if you get your act together come talk to central government, you might be able to get a package on some infrastructure and uh, put it on a, a proper plan. And uh, that's kind of an interesting idea because it probably won't happen town by town, city by city, or local council by local council. But if we take a regional approach, um, we could really make some great progress around the country. And I'm hoping the government will do that. And I'm hoping that Regions and sub-regions will get their act together so they can be good partners and get their share of the winnings. That'll prick your ears, Jenny. 
Yeah, it sure does. I think part of, um, to add to that, David, is it is about that whole thing of regions getting together. And so part of that is, I guess, councils needing to kind of work more collectively together in their regions oh, yeah, and yeah. neighbouring regions working together because that, I think, is a bit of, has been a bit of a barrier yeah. to um, economic growth and investment into the regions. So, yes, I agree with you. I hope that that happens and I hope that, you know, councils can sort of pull together and, and put forward, a, I guess, a collective united front when they are doing their, their lobbying for, for what's important in their communities. Make this prediction that those who do will be best dressed when the deals are done and those who want to defend their own local fiefdoms will be at the back of the queue. Totally yeah. agree. Really <laughs> interesting, uh, I've been thinking there, uh, a focus on regionalism, uh, David uh, Cunliffe, I've been thinking there. All right, Jenny Gibbon, what's your IBT for us this afternoon? Well, I've been thinking about the New Zealand uh, Liberation Museum, Te Arafata, in Le Quinoa, France. And I am conscious I've talked about this before on the project. It's, it's uh, on, on the panel. It's my favourite project. Um, but I'm just recently back from France, having been at the opening of the museum. And it is a seriously a stunning museum for New Zealanders to go and see. It is the only place on the Western Front that New Zealanders will hear about their story and the contribution they made in World War I. Um, it was opened by Sir Jerry Mataparai. It was mm. fantastic. We had lots of New Zealanders there and it's the most extraordinary story about ordinary New Zealanders and how they freed the small town in France and liberated this town. And, you know, over 105 years later, the people of Le Canois have not forgotten. They love New Zealanders. If you travel around their town, everything's about yeah. New Zealand. They've wow. even got a cafe called Le Maori. Um, so I felt very proud to be a New Zealander there. Um, it, it really is fantastic. I think it's going to be as popular as Gallipoli and, and as um, the years go by. I think people are going to make it. Uh, uh, absolutely add it to their bucket list and it'll be great for school trips so definitely for people going over to France it's only a train ride for an hour from Paris it's worth going to oh fantastic have you been there David I haven't been Uh, not to Le Canois but I heard a lot about it and it's a great story of Kiwi ingenuity scaling the very high walls Um, and I understand good news because not too many people lost their lives in the liberation so um, it was a real success story yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's, we, we lost 193 soldiers, but no, no French civilians killed. No it's a goodie. Uh, Jenny Giblin and David Cunliffe uh, there. I loved a lot of uh, Spike Milligan and Bad Jelly, the wish memories coming through. Thank you for that. The panel, RNZ National, we have Jenny Giblin, David Cunliffe. Stay with us this afternoon.